A different griffin returns, conniving, strangling, and on a quest to get what's his. It's the Invisible Man's Revenge. Mafia, wake up, wake up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. so disappointed when like yeah there's technically revenge but when you see a title like this you expect a character to come back not one just renamed yeah uh well there's our first issue with the film right there (laughs) at the top uh we don't we just have a different griffin right Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's revenge in this movie but it's not revenge of jack griffin it's rob Griffin, who mm. isn't connected. <laughs> Anyways, welcome back to the Monster vs. Men podcast. This is the bargain basement of the Monster Podcasting Airwaves. This week, we are discussing the Invisible Man's Revenge. With me today is the man who probed too deeply in forbidden places himself, Alex. Uh, joined by the man who swapped blood with his neighbor, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Uh, what a plot convenience, too, by the way, <laughs> that he just knows how to swap blood with PS. It's well, well, it's 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 an easy mechanism to use, but what's really cool is that everybody just happens to have the same blood type as him, which is just awesome. That is impressive. <laughs> that is impressive. Yeah, I think we're 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 showing how we feel about this movie early on, Alex. <laughs> oh man, it's gonna be a good one. This is gonna be a good episode. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, I'm. I guess we should just get back in into it because we are finally back to our universal series. We do have uh, two. So Alex, I was going to ask you this at the top of the show, actually Uh, next week in our schedule, we had thought about doing a double header, like a, like our first ever uh, monsters versus men double feature. Is that still something that you are interested in, or do you think we should uh, spread out the film? So what are the next two movies? Let's see. The next two movies are two of the Mummy movies. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so it's actually the next two weeks we've got du- double headers. So this might be kind of like a July special type of thing going on here. We've got The Mummy's Ghost and The Mummy's Curse, and then... House of Frankenstein and House of Dracula the next week. So you think we should double up on those? Is that a good idea? Definitely. So, yes. I, I Tentatively, yes. So, you know, we'll, let's reserve the right to make, to make the pivot if we have to, if we just find something incredibly captivating. About this next Absolutely. movie, right? Okay. Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's valid. We will uh, make a pivot if need be, but we'll go ahead and plan <laughs> on doing a double feature. We'll plan on uh, these being uninteresting. <laughs> yeah, we'll plan on these being uh, just uh, <laughs> mediocre. Is that a little too honest? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it sounds good. So next week we've got the Mummy's Ghost and the Mummy's Curse. Um, that means two movies for our listeners to watch mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of just your usual yeah, one. Right. So a little bit extra homework. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to it, though. Uh, yeah. 
I'm, I'm maybe some a little bit of redemption, I shall say, after this week. But let's go ahead and get into it then. <laughs> All right. After our Jurassic hiatus, we're universally back oh out <laughs> with the Invisible Man's Revenge. <laughs> now that we're back, I've got to ask, uh, are we starting back with a bang? Or uh, do we wish that the Universal series would have stayed invisible? What do you think, Alex? I mean, after this one, if this one ghosted on me, I don't think my feelings would be hurt. Uh, I would rather stay single a little bit longer, I think, uh-huh. if this was a relationship. Maybe you know, maybe if we tried some new tricks or managed to have some interesting characters, I wouldn't have minded so much uh, yeah. some of the weaker parts of this film. But, I mean, I don't really care much about what happens in this film. And I will say... That but yeah, there is a good walking the invisible dog effect. I was pretty impressed by it. that. Was awesome, but uh, that that that's um, yeah. So it's about it. I just want to know what you think, Eric. <laughs> what's, what's the vibe on this one? Uh, yeah, it, the vibe is I'm starting to feel burnt from the Invisible Man. Mm. I, I just don't know if the series can offer us anything new at this point. Uh, and to be frank, I'm glad that the Invisible Man only has one more feature in our Universal series. Mm. Um, so to start, just just thinking about the Invisible Man, you you mentioned it and the effects and the stunts and the tricks in this one. We just didn't get anything new or novel, so the spectacle was completely gone. We've seen we've seen imp- invisible pets before. Now yeah. I, I do like the walking effect; that is new. I did like that. You're right, Alex. We've seen invisible gags, though. We've seen strangling. We've seen objects lifted in all sorts of ways. So we've seen, you've even seen that shot of the empty uh, head bandages before, right? Which is cool, but we've seen it before. I just don't know what we get here in terms of new developments. Yeah, I mean, we don't really get anything new here except for some very uninteresting and inconsistent main characters here. Yeah. I, I don't quite get that. Griffin is the main character here, honestly, because, I mean, he's bad for the sake of being bad, really. Uh-huh. But, I mean, this character, <laughs> Eric, this character uh-huh. is so uninteresting that his I backstory know. is that he got hit in the head, forgot a chunk of time, and got hit in the head again and regained his <laughs> memory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like, what is this? Like, uh-huh. This film just feels so convenient. It feels so by the numbers with its characters and just like its sequence of events. It it feels like a list of invisible man points are being checked off of a list. Like, yeah, we got yeah. this, 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 this. Let's not do anything new. Let's not mix it up. Like the hijinks scene in the bar. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense with the rest of the context of this character. Yeah. He's a complete villain. And then suddenly he's going out of his way to help this guy pay rent. Uh, like, yeah. like what? Just the character just doesn't make a lot of sense. Now, I do have to say, though, there is one bright spot performance-wise, and it's got to be Higgins. Higgins uh. is actually a really fun character. Um, I think he's actually likable somewhat, and his humor, especially at the bar, like his gags work. Even though I don't like the scene, uh-huh. his performance and everything that happens there, it works for me. Um, and I uh-huh. actually did like the Doctor as well. I, I who creates the invisible man. He sold yeah. the, the scientist vibe for me. And I do feel bad for him when, uh, Griffin decides to swap blood with him and kill him. Uh, yeah. 
But he wasn't quite as murderous as he seemed initially, which I did kind of appreciate. Yeah, honestly, this it's weird how in a line we are on this one. Usually one of us will <laughs> find some redeeming qualities <laughs> of a film, but your notes couldn't be more similar, basically, right? I, yeah. I think the issue that we have here is that we don't have a real hero here, um, except for maybe that German Shepherd. That's yes, the real hero. Yes. Um, now, at first you think that maybe Rob uh, Griffin is going to be a sympathetic hero. He was stolen from and left for dead and wrongly accused. Mm. Well, he was definitely swindled, um, but he also definitely killed and continued killing throughout in a completely narcissistic (laughs) manner, right? Um, Now, I understand that he's not really supposed to be the hero, but he is our main character who we spend all this time with. So we should feel something for him, but we don't. But then maybe you have Mark Foster, as our main character, except Mark Foster is as basic as a Starbucks pumpkin spice latte in the fall or a Taylor Swift song playing after heartbreak. And to be fair, Alex, I can only relate to one of those two, right? Uh, Foster has his moments and I like how he rescues jury from the fire. And I like his resistance at the film's climax, but those are things that he does. They aren't who he is as a person. We don't know who Foster is as a person because the film doesn't give us that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, that really all gets to the heart of my issues with the film. It's just so basic, no risk, nothing's interesting. It's just the same old tricks and with more uninteresting characters. Like you, you would think that the longer this series goes on, that they would become more and more creative, find new ways to like, really up the ante with the invisible things because there's got to be a million new things you could do here right but instead like we don't even get we we sprinkle some water on his face and show only that or some powder and that's about as exciting as it gets over here kind of cool i guess (laughs) but it's far from what this series needs and like you know after watching this i kind of reflect back on invisible agent and it feel that movie feels like a revelation. Its setting yeah. is so creative. Its characters are fun and interesting. Like, man, I wish we could go back to those more interesting times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the other thing I, I just wanted to say, I, I did appreciate some of the humor here, and really, it was because of the character that you mentioned, Herbert. Um, funny character that just kept shifting to please everybody in comical ways, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it comes back down to the plot. Again, you mentioned this. It feels like a paint-by-the-numbers Invisible Man movie. It's just built around these set pieces that they feel like we have to check these off. So our plot is really just built to get to these checkpoints, which is interesting. I mean, if we're, we're, taking, um, if we're thinking about like plot conveniences here and, and checking off um, checkboxes, this has more plot conveniences than our film from last week. <laughs> and that's saying something, right? Uh, there's a whole lot here, um, just in how the way things happen. But it does connect back. It was, it's funny thinking about it. It's like, you know, um, there's not a nostalgia factor here, I wouldn't say. There's also there not the fun things, factor. <laughs> there's not the fun factor here. But there's certain things that like the film is trying to get to, and so the plot is going to get us there. 
but the plot is just the vehicle to get us to like the set piece. And I think we, we saw that a little bit last week, but yeah, the difference here is we don't have that fun in this film, uh, which is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Mm, very. <laughs> uh, well, NVM plus this week is a little bit more fun. We play catch up again, <laughs> but it's catch up with yours truly. Uh, after we caught up with big Al last week. This week, we're talking about Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball GT, some of our favorite topics, Alex. But <laughs> honestly, our Dragon Ball Z talk may be in the past because I have finished the series, and I kind of give my judgment on the series, um, and it's not so positive. <laughs> we watch, uh, we talk about Station Eleven from HBO Max, the uh, Indian movie RRR uh, that I highly recommend, and... We also get into a little bit of what I've been reading recently. So that's over there at patreon.com forward slash MVM pod, where you can listen to that episode and our entire backlog of MVM plus episodes. But Alex, I think it's time to get into our awards. This might be at the pace we're going. This is probably going to be the shortest episode of MVM ever. <laughs> but who do you have for your compelling character? Award? Thinking maybe this should have been paired with the, the next mummy movie. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'm going to give this compelling character award over to uh, Herbert Higgins. Herbert Higgins was such a fun and dynamic character. That he does kind of like you said, Eric. He just kind of bends to what the movie feels like it needs. Um, yeah, but yeah. I just think that he is the highlight of the movie. His quirkiness and stuff make him actually interesting. And I just, I do love his scenes in the bar. So I'm going to give him all the props. What about you? Yeah, he, he's hilarious. Well, my compelling character is the German Shepherd. Uh, <laughs> I really just thought that the way that it was intimidating, the way that it barked, the way that it howled, the way that it attacked, it was really quite impressive um, in its performance. And I just thought the film did a nice job at showcasing uh, the power of this German Shepherd. Yeah, yeah, the, the German Shepherd was cool. And as CC always likes to remind me, anytime there's a dog in an old movie, that dog is dead mm-hmm. now. Uh, <laughs> she doesn't remind you that about humans, no. just about dogs. No, she was, every time I see a dog in a, mo- in a movie, I always think that dog's dead now. <laughs> Not to mention that all of the people in this movie are probably dead. Yeah, most of them, at least. So, yeah, I would say, uh, was there a small child in this movie? No, I don't think there was. No. Everybody's dead. Uh. Uh-uh. Yep. Wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> man, which is uh, speaking of Envy and Plus, Alex. Uh, oh boy. <laughs> Theo's uh, brief obsession with death. Oh yeah, you talk about that a little bit. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, most memorable line award. Uh, who? What did you have for most memorable line? Uh, most memorable line. I had to give it to a line from Herbert Higgins. He says, "Oh, Rob, I, I stuck by you when you were poor. You don't think I'm going to desert you now? You're rich." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just love it. You know, it's just a flip on the tip on a typical line you would expect to see in a movie where. Someone would now, become poor, and they're like, "Oh, I'll, I'll stick with you through thick and thin." Now Higgins, if if I'm, am I wrong in thinking that Higgins, he's not that close to Rob, right? Like, no, he just saves Rob. Not. 
and that's when he meets him, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Is that, that's he hasn't right. known him for very long at all. And it's, <laughs> it's like, I wasn't sure. I got confused because it's like, I didn't think he knew him. And then he saved him. And then he acts like he knows him really well. Yes, right? yes, he does. But yeah, as yeah. far as I can tell in the movie, they do not know each other until he's saved by him. Nice, nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what about you? What's your favorite line? Uh, my favorite line was, Uh, <laughs> that was a really good dog, Eric. I, I am pretty uh, impressed. No. <laughs> I'm pretty impressed. Uh, what about your can't believe that acting award? <laughs> um, I want to give mine to uh, the good the good doctor um, by Jane. Oh, John Carradine played Doctor Peter Drury. I guess he's the one that makes the guy the invisible. I just thought he did. I, I do think he did a good job being that doctor, not too villainous. Um, and I did. I was sad to see him die. So there you go. Good job. There you go. <laughs> what about you, Eric? <laughs> well, I won't. Uh, I wish I could give it again to the German Shepherd, but I will give it this time to Leon Errol as Herbert Higgins, as we've already mentioned. Uh, I like that character too. Honestly, those were the most fun moments that I have with this film. We're just kind of watching him um, <laughs> get into some sticky situations because uh, he was he was hilarious, and I, I really liked that performance. Yeah. Um, what about your? Oh, that's a good shot. Uh, there's a shot of him of Griffin when he's on the way to the Invisible Man's house. He's walking in the rain. It's this overhead shot. He's walking towards the camera, and the, the shot's positioned right over the sign. And it's just a it's a yeah. very good moody almost noir like shot. Um so that that's it. So what about you? <laughs> nice. Uh mine mine was actually an effect that I like. I know we talked about it, it wasn't too much new. This is something I got to give the film credit for. There's a half transparent Griffin at the end where it's like he's not quite invisible but you can still see through mm. him. And that's really good. I'm like yeah. That is really impressive. I'm not quite sure how you did this a little bit differently here to make it this sort of effect, but it looks really awesome because he's he's halfway between invisible um, and visible, and yet so you can see through him. It's just a really cool uh, effect, and it lasts, and there's movement. It's it's impressive. Yeah, to that is a cool one. That is a cool one. Now, Eric, next uh-huh. is our unique awards. What's yours? Yeah. Uh, mine is the scariest moment award. Uh, honestly, and so I, <laughs> if if that German Shepherd was barking at me like it was at uh Rob, I would be scared to death. Oh, yeah. Like I understand why Rob says that's the only thing that scares me is that German Shepherd because if that thing was barking and chasing me and, and I would be scared too. So uh, I, I, I understand Rob's feelings there. Uh, maybe it's not the scariest moment because I was on this side of the screen and wasn't quite as scared, but I did. That was the most sympathetic moment for, for Rob was being scared of the dog. <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good one. What about you? Uh, mine is, Oh wow. That guy died pretty quick award. I'm going to give it to Jack Griffin. Griffin, more like Griff offed. Because that dog killed him quick. (laughs) Rob Griffin. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh man, this is this is this is our greatest episode of all it time. It might be. It might be. I think this episode justified our double headers coming up. Yeah, exactly. And this is why we have double headers coming up. Um, all right. Final thoughts and tiered rating. I'll go first, Alex. Uh, oh, no. I also just saw that my wife texted me. What was that? I think she's referring to my barking. Um <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, my final thoughts and tiered rating. This is a Gabra film for me uh, because I didn't like it. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was just boring, honestly. Like for all the reasons that we said, it was boring. There, the, the plot was just built to build these set pieces that we've already seen before. And so I didn't have much that I was caring about. And I hate that this is the movie that we're coming back to right. when we start our universal series again. Cause it's just, it's not very invigorating as what I'm going to say. Alex. <laughs> no, but uh, our double header is going to be better next week. Well, yeah, let's hope so. How about you? If it's not, then it's twice the agony in one week. <laughs> So, we'll have twice as fun with our episode, though. That's our promise. That's true. At least twice as much barking, right? There we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, this one's a Gabra tier. I didn't expect a an Invisible Man movie to just completely give up on its antics and just, like, rehash things we've already seen to okay. this extent. Like, I feel like if you're making this movie... You just want to do a bunch of crazy things, right? And there's just mm-hmm. like no attempt at it. There's less attempt at it. And then your characters like can make up the difference, right? We've already had like the invisible woman made up the difference by having mm. a fun protagonist and like some of these fun setups and fun actually that one has some fun effects too. Um yeah. but I just I'm just at every turn, I'm just a little flabbergasted that it just feels like so little effort was put into this movie to become as uninteresting as possible. So mm. this is Gabra tier. Um, surprising no one at this point. And yeah. I just can't wait to get into whatever we talk about next. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But we say that, but we'll probably seriously, we'll probably enjoy it. That's what usually happens. It's true. It, it's, it's true. Like we haven't, uh, I'm really knocking on wood here, but we haven't like run into a film like this where we both didn't like a film two weeks in a row, right? So mm. we're gonna find something that we like next week, I'm sure. Right, right, yeah. So, so th- there'll be there'll be a redeeming quality, and there's two chances at it, right? Because we're watching there's two, two movies, chances. Because so. we've got, uh, and this leads to our rhyme time, Alex: the Mummy's Ghost and the Mummy's Curse. Anything you want to rhyme there? All right, so we're watching uh, The Mummy's Curse. I hope that movie doesn't put me in a hearse and <laughs> turn into a ghost like most. <laughs> oh, man, like this one for sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, there's, uh, there was something there going on, hearse and curse and ghost and dying. and Most? Dying is a theme this week, I think, Alex. Mm, yeah, expectations have dwindled. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, I'm going to cheat. I'm going to say next week we have a double feature. Will we be reinvigorated by the mummy creature? There you go. Mm. There we go. There you go. You literally used the rhyme creature feature. (laughs) (laughs) You can always count on me on having original rhymes, Alex. (laughs) Eric, Uh, this might be one of our briefest episodes to date. It is. You know what that means? What? Sports talk. (laughs) (laughs) No, it means we give our audience extra time. To watch the double feature next there week. There you go. There you is go. what that means. <laughs> there you go. As always, thank you for listening to Monsters vs. Men. Please leave us feedback. Tell us that we're wrong about the Invisible Man's Revenge. And we'll probably say that you're wrong <laughs> over at mvmpod.com or email us at mvmpod at gmail.com. We'll read that feedback on the show. <laughs> Whether we'll agree is another story. Oh, you can also we will read it. <laughs> you can also follow us and message us on Twitter and Instagram at MVM underscore pod. Become a bargain base mite at patreon.com forward slash MVM pod and receive weekly bonus content, including special reviews, interviews, and host chats. And if you can't join at this time, a review or a share always helps. Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornette. Executive producers are Faye Basier, John Freeman, and Michael Herndon. Special thanks to our wives, comma, rock band for PlayStation 3, which forms Sublock B, Louis Loops, Senior Honda, Drew the Collector, our Instagram connector, and you, the listener, for listening. Until next time, don't make the invisible man's revenge. <laughs> and for try to stay, stay alive. alive. Mafia, wake up, wake up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. It's just, you might as well hear the little dude making some sounds over here. Hang on, let me give him a spassy. Here, bud. Okay, he's fighting the passy. He says no. <laughs>